Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to the Activation Class, Becoming Who You Are, taught by Teaching Pastor Daryl Feemster. Let me say from the outset, I've enjoyed so much these four weeks with you. This is our last time that we are going to do, but uh, this... Uh, but I appreciate your your time and your attention. When you came to Christ, this is talking about becoming who you are. When you came to Christ, you became a new creation. We've talked about this. And this class has been on becoming who you are. And uh, when you became that new creation, it was like God gave you a new operating system. And this system works entirely different from the world system you grew up in. Now you can try to live this new life by the old system, but it won't work. I'm just telling you, thinking that you're going to live this new creation life the old way doesn't work. Let me tell you this. I don't know how many times people have said, well, I tried that. This is not a life you can live by trying. You live by trusting and training. You live it by training. It's just like if you picked up anything new, you would have to learn its properties, its process, and then you would have to practice it for it to become a part of your knowledge, a part of your being. When, when we're talking about becoming who you are, we're talking about that you have a desire to be it, you have an intention to do it, but it's not about trying, it's about training. Last week, that uh, list I gave you of the disciplines, you don't try the disciplines. The disciplines are there to train you in this lifestyle. So don't think, okay, I'm going to try that. No, I'm going to step into these things that I might be trained to live this way. Trained. And so keep that in mind. So last week, I gave you an assignment at the end of the class, and I asked you to unplug... Set a time to be alone every day last week. And then also to plug in. These are two disciplines, which is solitude and study. To plug in means to read, study, and meditate on Colossians 3. This week I sent you an email asking you to write down one answer to eight questions. In other words, not to answer every question, to give take one of these questions and and to prepare and write down an answer to it. The reason I wanted to do it that way is that everybody, but also writing it, makes you concise on what you're going to say. I want everyone that wants to to have an opportunity. Let me just say this. You don't have to say a word this morning. All right? You don't have, I'm not going to call on you unless I see in your face that you wrote something down and you're not telling me. <laughs> All right? So I'm, I'm going to go through these questions, and I'm going to ask, first of all, if you answered that question, the first question I'm going to ask everybody to give just real quick how this works for you. How did you unplug and plug in this week? How did you do it? What time? How did it work? For you. It's not a right or wrong answer. How did it work for you? Alright? How many of you did unplug and plug in this week? Alright? Alright. So we know that you did it. So how did you do it? Easy. My wife and I, we sat there at the uh, table and uh, we were listening to Christian music and we read the Bible at the same time. Okay. And, 
and that's that's how we plug in. And we... All right, all right. So what else? How did you unplug? Okay. All right. Anyone else? I plugged into the phone. You plugged into the phone. Uh-huh. All right. So the scripture. the scripture on the phone. Okay. How many of you found it difficult to unplug? To get away. <laughs> yeah. To take time to step back, to step away. How many of you cut your phones off? Yeah, some of you did. Okay, that's an easy question now. How did you unplug and how did you plug in? Alright? Somebody's got to have more than just that. Alright. Actually the Lord unplugged me. Okay. When I lost Harry, it gave me a lot of time. And so I really don't have to work at it anymore. I have a lot of time to just enjoy the Lord. Amen. That's good. I need to do Bible studies on the phone. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go with this. The sixth question is, what is the truth you saw this week in Colossians 3 that you had not considered before? Did anyone write down an answer to that question, or did you have an answer to that question? Anyone? Mine kind of goes with All right. Kind of long. I'm sure. Okay. So this week was supposed to be a great week. Grace week is always really exciting. I started meditating on Colossians 3 and enjoyed my quiet time Monday and Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, verse 23, really stuck out. Whatever you do, work with it with all your heart as it's working for the Lord. I've been really busy lately with school, work, training, mom, being a mom and being a wife. But I don't feel like I did anything with my whole heart. I prayed for God to help me see if my plate was too full to help me to give 100%, to help me know if I needed to take a step back. I then ended up fracturing my foot Tuesday morning and found out I would not be able to do my half marathon in December. I don't think God fractured my foot. I do feel it's my lesson to just slow down, to don't get so overwhelmed that you lose sight of what's really important and you don't end up giving anyone 100%, including God. I've spent a lot more time this week talking to him and thinking about him. So despite the foot, this week has been okay. It has put things in perspective, and sometimes it just takes some time to see that. That is so good. Very good. Anyone else, number two? Anybody else write down? Okay. Number three, was there one part or passage that stood out to you more than the others? If so, which one and why? Okay. Um, for me, I think the number three, was there any one part or passage that stood out to you more than the others? If so, which one and why? For me, it's from the Colossians 3.25. It says... But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorite. Why? Because for me, if you are a born again Christian, following God's command, we know already that what is good and what is bad things, and surely it against the will of God. And I know that whatever you do in a wicked ways, it will be paid back unto you, and everything you aspire in life will be put in vain. For God has no favorites. 
So treat others as you want to be treated, and therefore, whatever you desire for me to do to you, shall also do to them. Very good. Okay. All right. Anyone else answer number three? One passage, okay? Well, I did that. Um, of course, it used to be when I'd go through read my Bible, I'd highlight the other things, the verses that were significant. So when I read Colossians 3, the whole thing was significant. <laughs> so I went up to the title first, where it's rules for holy living, just put an orange mark there instead of yellow. That means the whole thing is important. But verse 23 is as all of us do in, in working. Um, and I've related this to young people, like whether they were working for me or talking about a job they were doing. I said, it doesn't matter where you start or what you do. You do it for the glory of God. In the earthly realm, that will open doors for promotions, for good good records, and whatever it may be. In, in the heavenly realm, God's going to open doors for you. You do everything for the glory of God. Even if it's not something, a work task or something you're going to do the rest of your life. Whatever you do, gardening, uh, uh, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Amen. Good. Very good. Um, seven, seven or eight um, really stood out to me because I didn't really um, think of it as like laying your old self down, but not just like your old body and your old your old habits as well. So laying down, you know, ways that you used to deal with certain behavior or like trend behaviors or certain situations. Those are also things you laid aside your old life with it. I don't know why it never clicked that way with me before, but just kind of like observing my behavior over the week and like that's part of my old life so that needs to be laid down that needs to move forward. Very good. Very good. Daryl, I wrote um, verses 8 through 17. The do's and don'ts. Because we uh, can examine ourselves and see if we are in the faith. The Spirit will bear witness with our spirit that we are a child of God. The Lord, by His Spirit and Word, changes us. Amen. The do's and the don'ts. God wants us to know what to do and what not to do. Very good. All right. Uh, verse 2 set your mind on things above not on things uh, that are on the earth I, I think I, I've struggled most of my life with with maintaining my walk because of my distractions and and retraining myself to uh, to focus on godly things and um and, and letting the world just fall away, I still battle that to this day. It's a, it's a struggle uh, on a daily basis, and, and taking actions to keep my mind where it's supposed to be, uh, such as a challenge of getting into scripture, or uh, somebody mentioned playing Christian music. Just, just something to keep your focus right, or keep my focus right, is something that I've struggled with, but I also have succeeded <laughs> multiple times too. So very good. Anyone else have a passage to stood out to? Colossians uh, fourteen. She says, "I sold her question <laughs> because you clothe yourself, clothe yourself with love and compassion of people around you. Love in return, people will love you." 
the greatest gift I think of all is the gift of love and compassion and acceptance, which blends it together with the uh, perfect harmony. Very good. All right, quiet time. Do it again. Anybody else? No one else? Number four. What action steps did you take from anything you saw in these scriptures? What did you do because of what God said to you in the scriptures? In other words, how did you practice what you were reading? Anybody answer question four? Ready? I answered question four. A friend of mine, by the way, sent me a copy of the Voice Bible, putting, I didn't throw away by the Voice Bible. My daughter said, maybe you'll get one for Christmas. <laughs> anyway, the Voice of Bible points out that we are not just adding Jesus to our life, and we are saved, we do not just change and repent of our wrongs. No, everything in my life must demonstrate that Jesus is Lord. Everything in my life must demonstrate that Jesus is Lord. All right? Anyone else answer number four? What action steps? I know that usually with us, we're going through the stores or we're doing our daily stuff. And nine times out of ten, I always try to encourage the ones that are right there in the vicinity of either the cashiers or whatever they're doing. I always try to encourage them by saying, God bless and have a good day and week, you know, to where it brings them up. Very good. Number five. And then also they, they, they return and respond and they, they return the same response to, to us as well. All right. Number five. Was there a time during the day that God brought something to mind from the chapter and how did it apply to your situation? Okay. Verse 17. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through Him. So, even, no matter how much you like your job, there's probably one thing that you have to do that you just rather not and just don't like it. Mine has anything to do with a digging tool. <laughs> you don't like to dig. A Saturday morning, I got a phone call. If I say if I go help cover up the water line, and, uh, and I just rather not digging. So I do when I'm doing that. I do my do a little bit better job than I need to. Very good. That's exactly what that scripture means. Do it after the Lord. Do it to your best. All right. Anyone else? Did you have an application? That's what that, that's called, an application. You read something, you meditated on it, and you find opportunity, then that day it comes back to mind and you practice it. Anybody else? We were on lunch yesterday, helping my mom in the yard. And as soon as we did that at lunch, I said, you know what, dear? I need to call Joanne. By the mission, by the whole mission. Right after that, I called her. We went and we finished talking. Very good. Do the clothes. 
Very good. All right. It just came up, you know, God was telling me, oh, Lisa, you need to still do something today. What? That's what I did. All right. I it was the spirit of the moment. The spirit of the moment. The Holy the spirit. spirit was calling me. Yeah. Lisa, you still need to do something. You need to. That's what I did. Okay. Number six. You received more understanding or revelation as you continued to read the same chapter throughout the week. I think that would fit it absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Um, I think that was for me the most significant all is that how much reading the same chapter every day for a week um, has been really uh, eye-opening. There's so many things. I mean, when I look at it, there's so many different verses now throughout the whole chapter that have become significant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what Scott said, and um, the one that jumped out at me, part of it was in the message, it said, I think in 15, uh, it cultivates thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And I think so often mm-hmm. I'm lacking there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to do that. You know, I just don't say it enough. It's good. So, but it, it, the whole thing is incredible and different for me. And Colossians only has a few chapters. You can read the book. In fact, if you read that thing in context, read it through, every chapter of Colossians is important. All right. Anyone else? On, did you receive more understanding? Okay. So at the beginning of all of this, I received a text from an amazing, amazing woman who told me that God was revealing a new aspect of himself for me, a different aspect of who he is, that it uh, will become a new level of intimacy with him. So as I kept reading through this, of course, it kept coming back to, you know, when we started reading the Gospels, who was Jesus, what was he, what did he do, and he loved. I know we hear about a lot of how much he loved, um, but that's who the revelation that I got is that, you know, to finally see that he loves me for a million different reasons, and at the same time, he loves me for nothing at all. And despite all of my failings, and everything that he points us to, you know, I realize that my purpose, what all of our purposes is, is to love. That the greatest legacy that he leaves through us is to love. And that by loving others, we're showing others him. And that in doing that is exactly um, why purple's on the lake that's ever expanding to us. Very good. Very good. Mine was kind of first six and seven. Question six and seven. All right. Let me go to the seven. Did you read the chapter in different translations? If so, which was a favorite and what stood out? I read it in different translations, and I um, also I loved um, the way that. A different translation would word something that would be totally different than my normal way of wording it would be. 
And, for example, uh, in one of the things that I would have normally said, maybe union with Christ or one with Christ, and one of the translations said enmeshed with Christ. And so I loved the picture of that. Also, as I was reading in different translations, it stood out to me in verse 1 how it began. Because one of the translations would say, therefore, and then it would go on. Another one said, so it comes down to this. Another one says, since you were brought back to life. And so then that spurred me to go back and read from the beginning of Colossians. Because then obviously something was culminating in chapter 3 of that. I loved also in the uh, aspect of reading different translations of it in uh, verses 15 and 16 when it would say, let Christ's peace control you. Let God's word with all its wisdom and richness live in you. So the aspect of that is I have it. I have Christ's peace. I have his word in me. Let it do the things that it's designed to do in me. Mm. The voice is a great translation too. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else reading different translations or did you have a favorite? I put down on the bottom of your of your notes a, a translation that I've just found. It's called the Passion, and uh, the Voice is another one that I just found. Uh, but and I only put it there just for you because uh, sometimes you don't have access to those other translations. And this is a this is one that spoke to me. All right, what truth from these scriptures became a personal promise for you? When you think about what, what what's a promise, a promise is something God says to you that you can put absolute confidence in because the one who keeps the promise is the one who makes it. So what did God promise you? Amanda, yours is on love. Just think what God promised you in this. For nothing, he loves you. Okay? You understand why I'm using that term? Okay. Some of you have not shared what you have. So this is your opportunity. What truth from these scriptures is God speaking to you in? The fact that he's always there and never gives and he he does not let go of us, but we let go of him. He's always there and always loves us. Okay. Alright. The truth I got was um if we keep full of the word, then we're going to be able to teach and admonish. Mm-hmm. When you get my age, you want to share all that God has <laughs> taught you. And we can do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay. Can I share you mine? Here's your promise. It's not just for me. Colossians 3, a lot of times we read it and we read the dots. What I want you to see is everything Colossians says in chapter 3, you can do. Wives, you can. Husbands, you can. The whole thing, the whole chapter is a promise. Since you've been raised with Christ. Since all this stuff has happened. Now, all of these, you can set aside all of those things. You can lay them aside because you're a new creation. All of this is true for you. I am going to be speaking to you. I am going to be guiding you. When you work as unto me, I'm going to reward. Treat other 
It's the way you want to be treated because I'm going to be treating you that way. The whole chapter becomes a promise. In fact, all of Colossians, if you go back and you read it, becomes a promise to us that this is now ours. I don't try to do those things. Now I am that and I can train to do them. I can train myself to respond to the Word. I can train myself, instead of reading the oughts, reading the, reading the haves. I have been risen with Christ. The old man has been set aside. I am a new creation. I can love my wife in an understanding way. I can submit to my husband the way that God intended. I can because of who I am. And as you put these things into practice, when we started this, I said it's not about trying to do these things. It's about training. I already have it. It's like when you start to do something, uh, Madison, graphic artist, designer, when you started learning that program, it was all out there before you. You had the program. You had it. Now I had to learn how to use the tools to get the thing that I was desiring. That's the same way you work in this Christian. You become who you are. If I don't know what God has said I am, then I'll always be trying to be something I don't know what it is. If I know who I've become, know what He's made me, now I can see that that's what He's made me to be, that's what He's made me to do, these are my gifts and callings, and now I can train my, Old Testament passage, I can train my hands for war. I can be that. And this whole time that we spent together was to help you to see that this is who you are now. Stop that. Set it aside. Kill the negative. Focus on what you have. And then train yourself to walk in. A marathon. Somebody mentioned a marathon. You're not going to get to run a marathon. But you have been training for a marathon, haven't you? What if what if they decided, okay, the Olympics are fixing to come up, okay? And they checked all of the population of America, and they said, by, by our, that you are going to be the one that's going to represent the United States in the next Olympics, in the marathon. You've got all the qualities. Can you see yourself on the podium holding the gold medal? What would happen if somebody said, you've been chosen, you've been that, and everything has been, we're we're not going to deny you any resource you need to become what we see that you are. Wouldn't it be fun just to sit back and say, I'm an Olympic, Olympic gold medalist. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. You could just tell yourself that, and you could even think about it and dream about it. But what do you have to do to be an Olympic gold medalist? You've got to train. I've got to train. You've got to train. I've got to train. And when I don't want to train, I've got to train. The whole point I'm trying to say is, God has given us everything necessary for Truth and godliness. Everything, every resource has been provided. 
Now, I can say, well, one day I'm going to stand, I'm going to bow before the throne of Jesus and stuff. I've got an idea. He would like for us to bow and be about his business now. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see myself walking the streets of gold. I think he would probably want to walk through us through the streets that we have in our town. You understand how I'm using that? Yeah. What we tend to do is we put everything off to the future when God's inviting us in the full resources of His provision to live it every day and to train. And you know what? Training doesn't happen quickly, does it? No. I'm still learning. How many of you got a, a, a phone? You know how to make a call. You know how to send a text. You know what's available in this? You know what's open to you? Dangers as well as trials. But you understand? But all I'm trying to say is, we hold in our hands most of the days more information and more more computation than what it took for them to walk on the moon. And I use it to make calls. I wonder how much of my life that I've been fully supplied with the resources of God that I'm just using to make calls. Why won't I give myself to it? Why won't I do that? You know, I give myself to what I believe and desire. My prayer for us is that we would believe and desire what God has done for us is fully sufficient, not just for heaven when I die, but to live this life to the full abundance that He has provided. That I could be His child, His son, and one day I'll stand before Him and He says, Darrell, well done. You good and faith-filled and full servant." Enter into the joy of your Lord. You can't just step into it. You know, if you don't ever train for a marathon, you're probably going to walk it. You're not going to run it. And let me just say, if it's 26.2 miles, some of you won't even make walking. (laughs) Do you hear my heart? God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He hasn't left us. He hasn't left us out, nor has He left us. He will come to empower you to do everything that God has for you. You can become what He created you to be when you were born a new creation. And you know, God's so good, He knew that when you were born in your mother's womb. He planned it all out, and he's got it. And if you will just trust and respond to him, you will reach that place. But don't think, and here's the thing that I'm trying to get across to us, it won't just happen. There's a lot of things that God gives us every day, opportunities for me to train, that I just think, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That's not fun. How do you feel after you've finished? I don't know the run. Anybody else run a marathon? Just 13 miles. I understand. Anybody else in here run 13 miles? Yeah. There you go. How did you feel when you got through? 
besides tired. <laughs> what is that euphoria that you feel when you finish the race? I worked for this and I accomplished it. That's what I want you to feel when you walk through this time. I want you to finish the race and have the euphoria that I walked through this with God and it is finished. Alright. Some of you have been in the military and that was not by choice. You were made to do that. And when you got into the war, you were glad you were made to do that. Mm-hmm. Because you were now had the ability. Here's what discipline does for you. It gives you the ability to do what you would not be able to do apart from that discipline. Mm-hmm. It gives you the ability to do what you really want to do, but you would not have been able to do it apart from the discipline of it. I played basketball uh, through the years, of, through all of my growing up years, and then I went on to play college ball. And I found out through high school, I was a leading scorer and all that kind of stuff. You know, you get all the kudos and stuff. And I went to college, and they expected me to do more. <laughs> and so they had me tipping a ball up on a wall, 50 with the right hand and 50 with the left hand. And I was just doing that. You know how long I didn't want to do that? And, you know, you'd always want to take a shortcut. Nobody watching. you just, you'd count 30, 40, 50. You know? Here's what I discovered. By doing what I was asked to do, the discipline of doing it increased my vertical jump by 12 inches. Wow. By 12 inches. In high school, I could touch the rim. I could grab the rim. In college, I could go 12 inches above the rim. Because of the difference in training. We would have to throw up. I know y'all are not interested, but I'm going to tell you anyway. (laughs) We would have to stand for 30 minutes and throw a two-handed chest pass. Mm -hmm. 30 minutes. I'm thinking, my arms are going to fall off. But after the first semester, we could knock you down with a two-handed chest pass. You could throw the, I could take a, a two-handed chest pass and throw the length of the court because I did it for 30 minutes every day. And we shot 100 free throws before you could go in. You had to make a certain percentage. If you didn't make the percentage, you had to shoot the next one. You don't shoot, you don't practice free throws to see how many you can make. You practice free throws because in the game, that's when it counts. You're not training. It's in the quiet time you're training. It's not, you're not training for your quiet time. You're training for when you step out in the world, that's when it counts. You become who you are in the training in order that you can be who you are in this world. And that's the reason why you're going to have convoys coming down this road because they're trained to combat because, you know, this, this, their, this is their way of knowing what to do, what not to do. And how to be a team in doing it. Right. All right. Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to let you out early. Colossians chapter 3, the Passion Translation. I'm going to read this to you. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, 
For that where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power and honor and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with the heavenly realities and not with distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has died to diseases and desires for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. That's how you once behaved, characterized by evil deeds, by your evil deeds. But now, it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying. Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade and disguise. For you have required new creation life, which is continually being renewed in the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference, or your ethnicity, education, or economic status. They matter nothing, for it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. You're always, we'll say that again, you're always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God. Since you've been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Let me stop right there. Who is all of those things? Jesus is. And He lives in you and you're in Him. Your life is now hidden in Him. These are all potentially you. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Forgiving one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Let your heart Always um, let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body and always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Let every wife be supported and tenderly devoted to her husband, for this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. Let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive toward her. 
Let the children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything, for this pleases our Lord Jesus. And fathers, don't have unrealistic expectations for your children, or else they may become discouraged. Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer, not just when their employers are watching, are not in pretense, but faithful in all things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do, as though you're doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the Anointed One. A disciple will be repaid for what he's learned and followed. That word disciple means a trained one. Will be repaid for what he's learned and followed. For God pays no attention to the titles or prestige of men. You can live this kind of life, a kingdom life, here and now, a life that even death can't defeat. Why would you settle for anything less? Don't try to be a Christian. Train. Train. Become who you are. Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for that unspeakable gift that you've given us, not only for us, but you've given to us. Jesus died for us that he might come to be in us in the person of your Holy Spirit. And he is in us to become everything you ask of us. Lord, help train us. Help get us off of the old onto the new. Show us how to use this new operating system. Show us how to find you in the darkness. How to seek you in the, in the cold. How to do those things that we've often thought there was no hope. How to hope in the hopeless times. Father, show us that you are the God of all flesh and there's nothing too hard for you. And what men call impossible are mere miracles to you. Lord, we thank you and praise you. I pray for each one this morning that you had just quit their appetite to step into what you have planned for them. Lord, let them spend the rest of their lives discovering who you already made them to be. And Lord, may the world see your love and your greatness and your goodness and come to see Jesus as Lord. We bless you and thank you for this time. I pray your blessing and provision over every one represented here this morning. Let them become who you made them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.